Sales win rates have plummeted to a mere 17%, and outdated technology and tedious manual processes are to blame. Meanwhile, managers lack the visibility they need to hold their teams accountable. But imagine a world in which these crippling issues are solved automatically. Revenue.io automates the most frustrating parts of sales so reps can focus on what they do best, selling. Completely automate pre-call research, logging conversation data in your CRM, writing post-conversation recap emails, and prioritized outreach. And as reps book more meetings and close more deals, managers gain the real-time insight they need to scale what's working across their entire team. Ready to say goodbye to tedious sales processes and watch your win rate soar? Head over to Revenue.io to learn more. LinkedIn's actually a really interesting point. Like, they're in there, prove the economics of gated. And I've spent a lot of time talking about it at LinkedIn, but that's a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar skew within LinkedIn is people that don't know or aren't connected to people paying to reach them and send them messages. LinkedIn didn't allow individual users to set their own price. So somebody like Andy versus a person one year out of school costs the same to message. And what that means is you'll get overloaded. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. Now, that was Andy Mowitz. Andy is the founder and CEO of Gated. And Gated is a company that's trying to change the whole dynamic of email and how it works for the buyer, the recipient, as well as it works for the seller. Now, in our conversation, we dig into the basic premise behind Gated, which is that you as an email recipient should determine how people reach you. And as a result, you have greater control over your time and attention as a recipient of emails. So Gated challenges unknown sellers to donate to charity in order to reach you. So every in email in your inbox is worthy of your attention. We also get into why Gated believes that you should decide the price of your attention and how you can do that by setting up price for unknown senders who want to interrupt you and by setting different prices for different types of messages. So we also dig into what gated can mean for sellers. For instance, as a seller, this could actually work to your advantage as you could decide how much you would be willing to pay for the privilege of talking with a previously hard-to-reach buyer, for instance. So it's a fascinating discussion. We get into all of this and much, much more. But before we get to Andy, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it. And if you subscribe, we'd certainly appreciate it if you could also leave us a review and give us your feedback about how we're doing. So thank you. All right, let's jump into it. Andy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andy. Good to meet you again. <laughs> it's like an echo in here. So <laughs> we should make this a regular thing. Just be the, the Andy's show. I love it. I love it. We definitely should. All right. So um, so tell us about Gated. Yeah, well, tell us about you first and how you, how you sort of came to start Gated, and then let's get into what Gated does. Because I think it's it's fascinating and, and um, yeah, really interested to talk about it today. Yeah, I think this founding story is actually kind of the most interesting piece, and, and so great question. Uh, I have spent 20 years of my career building go-to-market machines, uh, sales ops, marketing ops, mm-hmm. um, post-sale ops, as well as building out demand gen. Um, and 
So I've, I've done it at a bunch of big companies, and I think I've estimated that I've sent over a billion emails or helped my teams send that many emails. So I've caused a lot of pain. Uh, you're you're about, part of the problem, yes. Yes, I am a major part of the problem, and I know every trick in the book um, and, uh, and have used them all. And so about three years ago, I was running both uh, Revenue Ops and Demand Gen at CultureAmp, which is a company that helps people collect, measure, and act on employee feedback. We just mm-hmm. uh, ended up at a over a billion valuation. Um, but I was just getting hammered by people trying to sell me things. And so I wrote an email just for fun that said, I don't know you. Uh, your email hasn't reached my inbox. Uh, if you'd like me to read your email, uh, a, here is my Venmo link and my charity that that money will go to. Go ahead and have fun. Right? And I just started sending it out. There was nothing behind it. And people started blowing up my Venmo account. Um, and they, you know, I'd ask, I started out with a nickel, then a dime, mm-hmm. but people would start to pay 20 bucks or $50. And so it was, I really started to pay attention to it. And then I, it just was this rolling cycle of, then I automated it. I built it out in Airtable and Zapier and I gave it to a mm-hmm. couple executives and they said, oh my goodness, like you fixed my problem uh, and <laughs> uh, with spam. And so I spent yeah. probably about a year just on the side, playing with it, tweaking it, you know, asking some key questions uh, and at some point, I I had enough people say, this is amazing. You're going to change and revolutionize how um, the the nature of the buyer and seller journey if, if you change email. Um, mm-hmm. So please go do it. And I raised money in uh, April and went mm-hmm. full time in June. Yeah. No, I, and I think that's about when we spoke about it for the first time. And um, yeah, so let's let's talk about the mechanics of it because, again, I, I – I said, I think that's brilliant. Um, so tell us how it works. Yeah, so Gated basically sits right in your inbox. Today we work with any client that uses Google. Um, we've mm-hmm. learned that people don't want to learn a new tool. Right. If you have, if somebody's not on your allow list, it will take that email, and I'll talk about that in a second, it'll take that email out of the inbox and put it to a separate folder, and then it will send an email saying effectively what I just described, that um, your email didn't make it to the inbox. If you want to donate uh, to this user's charity, to reach them, it will make it to the inbox. Um, and so when somebody donates, and those donations typically average between 2 and $5 for the minimum amounts, uh, okay. it will take that email out of the side folder and reinsert it into the inbox and alert the user. Um, so that's that's the fundamental economics. I think the number one stat that is particularly given your audience will blow their minds is Typical reply rates for cold emails are about 2%. I've gotten those from some of the big players. Sure. Um, if somebody donates via gated, we see about a 40 to 50% reply rate. Um, so we're roughly 20Xing the reply rate on this for a couple dollars. And if people do the math, it's a no-brainer. So, <laughs> so what you're saying is as a seller, I should make sure that all my – my target buyers are on gated. You uh, should. You should. You can't. Right. Um, so we originally I know, I know. We were worried that we would we would anger sellers, right? Like, hey, you charge, and this thing's always been free. But what we found is people realize, wow, you're helping me cut through the noise and reach buyers that I want to reach and get replies on things that I used to just be shooting into a, a sea of just too much communication. Uh, and so sellers are actually saying can more people get gated, which has been really fun right. to see. Yeah, I mean, a seller doesn't have control over whether the person they're emailing has gated. Um, but, yeah, it's not, to your point, it's nothing to fear. Uh, 
Because if you're willing to pay for the privilege of talking to someone, then you increase the odds they'll want to talk to you. Exactly. Yes. Um, the email has always been a free channel, but it's ironic, right? Every other channel in marketing, if two sellers or marketers want to reach somebody, they bid that person up. In email, right. that doesn't happen. Um, right. Both people can reach that person for free. And so we're just putting a small monetary cost uh, on email to force the right behaviors for everybody. Okay. So as a recipient of the email, take your example and so on. So it is um, you choose a charity or multiple charities. How does yes. that sort of work if you're, yeah, if you're signing up for Gated, how does it work in terms of setting yourself up? Yeah. So it takes two to three minutes. Um, you get to pick your minimum donation amount and mm-hmm. you also get to pick your nonprofit uh, we have we, we have a database of 1.3 million that people can pick from. So we believe that uh, every user gets to determine and control like how much it costs to reach them mm-hmm. uh, w- within some limits. And then, right. you know, it basically we just scan your last 12 months of sent emails and that is your default allow list. Right. So if you sent to somebody in the past, we assume you want to hear back from them. And then we also right. present you with all of the domains that you've communicated with and you can trust at a domain level as well, too. Right. Interesting. And can you, um, I thought I'd read somewhere is you can actually vary the amount you charge based on certain criteria? Not yet, but we're coming okay. to that. Um, so that's definitely part okay. of the vision. I, I think we all get those emails from people that are selling us out offshore, um, you know, programmers or selling, selling us a list of Salesforce users, you right. name it. Um, right. And so we definitely have this vision where if we if we are the tool that's helping users of email or buyers defend their time against just this massive sea of technology coming mm-hmm. from this, the marketing side, um, and we can become that trusted service, people also start to trust us to tell us what they're in the market for and what they right. aren't in the market for. And if you're in market for something, you can make that cheaper than something that maybe you say, hey, I just never want to see another one of those again. Um, or that should right. cost me, cost 50 bucks to reach me. Whereas if I'm in the market for, I don't know, CPQ software, maybe that mm-hmm. should be a penny to reach me for those. Right. Huh. Interesting. Um, so from a seller's perspective then, yes. is it's like, okay, I'm just thinking as a seller's perspective, what I want as a seller, what I want gated on my own email. Because uh, so we have a I lot be, of I may people. be concerned about not being able to be reachable by people who want to buy something from me. Yeah, so today we're focused on B2B buyers. I'd say mm-hmm. customer success and sales are not core focuses today. When we roll out CRM integration, those those people are perfect fits. Um, but today we're, we have a lot of sellers, sales leaders that have signed up on our wait list. We have not put those, any of those people on the platform yet. Our, I'd say our core sweet spots today are marketers, um, operations like sales ops, marketing ops, people that are not talking day to day to customers. Um, so the risk of a false positive is lower. But once we add in a, um, in a Salesforce integration, then um, it works for everybody. Yeah, no. I was just thinking from my perspective, like as an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't want everybody to reach me. By the hands, I don't want to stop customers from reaching me. Well, you probably have a lot of people that send you emails saying, "Andy, I'd love to be on your podcast." Um, I get and I bet you're overwhelmed by those. And so the ability to potentially filter those out and say, "Listen, if it's if it's worth five bucks for you to reach me, then maybe we'll talk, um, and my charity will benefit in the process." Yeah, no, I think it. In that case, it'd be worth more. Um, 
Okay, so I love to just did you just published a manifesto, and yes. I th- I love the manifesto. I thought you guys did a fabulous job on it because it very clearly explains <laughs> the mission, if you will. Um, so I want to dive into that because you got sort of three three key points. One of which is is the one I want to spend some time on too is is understanding that our Time and attention are such limited resources that um, we often start thinking about putting a value on it. You know, this is the principle that like every productivity person writes about, right? It's uh, the the concept that what's most important is your ability to focus. And every time you get an email, every time you get a Slack, every time you get a text, you get overwhelmed um, by that. Right. And you and so I think uh, Charles Duhigg had a great podcast where he said the ultimate productivity hack is just focusing more deeply. Uh, and so yeah. a lot of our, a lot I of think, our, I think I just listened to that one over the weekend, as a matter of fact, it, it's terrific. With, um, with Scott Galloway. Uh, yes. I actually think it was with Brene Brown. Um, oh, okay. but, All right. um, well, or maybe he's got the same talk track with multiple. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Um, but he, he definitely is, you know, with that philosophy that, um, right now, if you think about it, there are 10,000 plus tools helping marketers and salespeople, automate and pummel you with more right. and more communication. Right. Um, we're just trying to give users a, a gun in that fight uh, and to be able to, for them to determine how they should be reached, who should reach them. And, and we're also working on when they should be able to be reached to allow them to focus more deeply. Yeah. This is, so this is like, I don't know, was the second or third point on your, on your manifesto, but um, yeah, it's such a critical point. And, and, more and more people are writing about the lovely book out recently from Juliet Funt called A Minute to Think, uh, yes. which you know echoes a lot of things that Duhigg talked about in terms of uh, yeah the ultimate productivity hack being setting aside what Juliet calls white space in your day in order to to think. Um, but it's almost like am we really at the stage where we're just sort of having to protect ourselves from ourselves? Um, I mean, it's like, yes, there's a huge cost to context switching and being distracted at work. But we've sort of reached a point where we're helpless as humans are in the face of, of this overwhelming automation. I, uh, I think, and I so the only way to really gain control is just <laughs> put up walls. Well, maybe if you think about it this way, the, the ultimate parallel would be like the environment or the, it's, the, it's the problem of the commons, which is if everyone can use it, but you don't pay the full costs of using it, you're going to overutilize that thing, right? So the environment and, and the classic mm-hmm. problem of the commons is one of those examples where, right. you know, it's not in the polluter or big industries incentives to treat the environment well, but if you put the right costs on there, they'll behave in the right way. I think that's the very similar philosophy to what we're mm. trying to do here. And so I do think the economic theory says we do need to protect ourselves from ourselves if we don't accrue all the costs of our actions. Interesting. That's a great perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, obviously there's a lot of talk about big tech these days and, and the impact, especially of social platforms. Uh, and people just seem to be unable to stop. <laughs> and, and the algorithms are, are designed to, you know, drive more attention and people engine email, same thing as, you know, emails, people have gotten very sophisticated in the way they email engineers. You're, you sent a billion of them. Obviously, you were testing them rigorously to see what what worked and what didn't. 
Well, what percentage of email do you think are actually sent by humans versus machines? Well, you had that number, and I have that here. Ninety percent are sent by machines. I think I may be underestimating it, but you're right. Yeah, it's that's a great research. It's uh, I, I think it could be upwards of ninety five, ninety eight percent if you think about uh, all the if you just look at your email box uh, between like marketing blasts and system generated ones from different programs and stuff. It's and so I think for us one philosophy we've had is if somebody sends you an email, you sh- they should want to reply. Um, but how many times do you get an email from marketing, from no reply at, or something that basically you know they don't even want to hear back from you? And so I think a lot of what Gate is trying to do is kill the noise um, to allow like reputable senders, people that write good content that feel that that's worth something to be able to get through and, and be heard. But how so I guess the next question for me is then is how are you gonna how are you gonna automate that for senders, right? That's pretty easy. We haven't started so, there, so today everyone that wants to donate to get through. Um donate but it's our, at this point it's yeah. personal though, right? A, a human has to has to do this. It it is personal, but there's no reason and we've already architected it that you as a sender couldn't say, hey, here's $1,000 for my domain, everything that comes through, just go ahead and pay that that fee. Um, so it's not that we need, we're not in the business of making people jump through hoops. Right. We're in the business of forcing the right decisions. And so there's no reason that we couldn't automate the payment of that over time. Right. So that if you are a, a sender and you're sending out an email to a, a big list is you could say, look, I'll put a, a daily budget on it. Yes. Yes. And yeah, thousand dollars a day. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, like should somebody be sending out an email blast of, of 800,000 people? Right. I remember at culture amp when uh, somebody showed up and said, Hey, we are sending out a blast to 800,000 HR professionals. Would you like to pay to be in it? And I was like, God, that sounds like the worst email ever. And I, ever, I'm right. Yeah, and, and I'm somebody that sends that stuff out historically, right? So I, I I know all the different tricks and trades, but if all of a sudden that's going to cost somebody you know ten thousand dollars to send, they probably do the following math, which is wow, maybe I should invest a little bit more time in figuring out which accounts are actually relevant versus sending it to everybody. And so the math will create a instead of sending to eight hundred thousand people. You maybe send ten thousand people, but those are the right ten thousand people that the message is the most relevant to. Yeah, I mean, what I like about what you're doing—I mean, a number of things I like about what you're doing—but I think one of the the things that appeals to me the most is it's is this lesson that just really hasn't been learned through a lot of the automation, which is just because we can do something doesn't mean that we should do something. <laughs> yes, and and this is you know sort of a trigger point to say, well, let's let's do exactly what you said. Let's stop and think about this first. Because, I, I know. Yeah, really, like, uh, go, go ahead, please. Well, I was going to say, we look in B2B sales world. I mean, hey, we are our own worst enemy. I, I couldn't agree more. I talked to, but at the same time, the incentives don't help the people that want to behave well, right? So I've talked to a bunch of demand right. gen leaders. There's one demand gen leader I talked to. He's like, I've got two teams of SDRs. One team just huge list blows away and, and just pushes send. And the other one spends five to 10 minutes crafting a custom email. Um, today, without gated, it's actually the incentives help the people just spray and pray. But if yeah. gated exists, um, we kind of envision a world which is instead of sending out 100 emails and getting two replies, people send out 10 
and get five replies. Uh, and that is a better world for everybody if we do it right. Yeah, if you <laughs> if if you get widespread adoption of gated, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, and let's let's sort of talk about that because this is your third point on your manifesto. So the three points of your manifesto. One was yeah. you should determine how people reach you, and so we sort of yeah. covered that. I mean, you you write there are three hundred billion emails, three hundred billion. I just want to make sure people understand it. B billion emails sent every day. Yes, which. You're estimating we're from, you say the data says there's over 90%, you think it's closer to 95, 98% are automated, sent by machines. Yes. Uh, so, just brief, where did that research come from? I'm sorry, say again, where's that do you, research? Do you come remember from? the source of that resource on uh, research on the 300 billion emails? I mean, oh, I, I that's, think, a, that, that's everywhere. If you just Google okay. how many emails are sent, I think there's like four or five email survey, email studies every year that kind of come, it's, it's always kind of growing every year by 10 to 15%. But yeah, it's, if you just Google, it it comes right up. Yeah. It's an insane number. And the average executive receives a lot of email. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're adding onto that is, you know, automated emails and LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. My LinkedIn inbox is not as busy as my regular inbox, but it's over the last year, it's, that's changed dramatically. Well, LinkedIn's actually a really interesting point. Like their in mail proved the economics of gated. Right. And I've pain, spent a lot of time to talking get in touch with someone. Right. Yeah. I spent a lot of time talking about it at LinkedIn, but a couple things is that's a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar skew within LinkedIn um, mm-hmm. is people that don't know or aren't connected to people paying to reach them and right. send them messages. Um, interestingly, LinkedIn, didn't allow, which is kind of point number two, right? Which is you decide what your attention is worth and who benefits. LinkedIn didn't allow individual users to set their own price. So somebody like Andy versus a person one year out of school costs the same to message. And what that means is you'll get overloaded um, because of how many followers you have and all of that. Um, And then also LinkedIn keeps that money. And I think we spend, send the vast majority of that money to a nonprofit that matters to our users. Yeah, I think you said 70% of what you receive is donated, yes. goes to the charity. Yes. That's good. So, um, yeah, you're right about LinkedIn. It's it's has become as indiscriminate in the outreach, um, which is ironic given that the platform is one that enables you to gain insight into the person you're reaching out to. Yes. Is, in general, the mass outreach, as I said, is undifferentiated from what you'd get on an email. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's... It's very frustrating. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I, people, A, the number of people, and I've mentioned on the show before, is the number of people that reach out to me saying, on LinkedIn, saying, yeah, I've looked at your profile. You know, I think you'd be an ideal person to start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, imagine if it cost them $2 to send you that. Uh, and, uh, and they thought about that for a minute and spent yeah. one minute of that doing research. They would realize that uh, that, that email was not needed to be sent. <laughs> Didn't need to be sent. Uh, yeah. Or just other ones. Yeah, you know, people that, again, sort of look at my followers, see that I'm, you know, in sales and they make assumptions about what I might be interested in, right? Uh, lead gen. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, a, I'm not in a position. I'm not running a team right now. I don't don't need that. If you'd spent, as you said, 30 minutes or 30 seconds, excuse me, you would have found that out. So, yes. well, one that, uh, again, interesting sort of conundrums you talk about, though, is 
you know, this whole idea of product-led growth and and uh, you talk about the shift of that towards sort of this buyer-driven sales process. But in a product-led growth environment, you point out in your manifesto, it's basically everybody becomes a buyer. <laughs> so, so it's actually yeah interesting that that uh, you support Gata itself supports sort of this buyer-led growth or buyer-driven sales or however we want to say it. But yeah, the whole product-led growth uh, sort of opens up the world to even more noise. It does. Well, that's the interesting thing. Everyone says, well, we hear a lot of times, oh, I may not be important enough to use Gata. Um, and that's, that's something that, that's a perception that I think goes away pretty quickly. But um, we have, so I guess I'd say with product-led growth, it used to be 20 years ago that the CIOs were the target for everything. Then it went down to kind of like the VP, the 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 CRO and the chief product officer, and it yep. kind of distributed it. And now with product-led growth, it's everybody, right? Yep. Like you can have you can have a junior marketer sign up. So gated, we we feature a lot of prominent users on our website, but we have like junior operations manager, um, you know, like a market, or like a content leader at or a content person at different companies, and so. We, we are building gated to help everyone. I think almost everyone I talk to is overloaded by email. And so um, our view and our vision is that we're not building an elitist company or elitist brand. It's to help literally everyone who struggles with this problem. Yeah. And I, referring back to Juliet Fund and her, her book, if you haven't had a chance to read it, I said it's a, it's a, a great book. And she you know, recommends this habit, which I've been trying to implement. Uh, depending on the day, more successful <laughs> on some days than others. But she, yeah, she calls it an email diet. But basically, you, you check your email three or four times a day, and that's it. We, I, I am guilty of this fault. I sit there and I click on it way too many times. We have the ability with our technology to build exactly that feature um, as well, too. And so, like the you know, Slack's built it where you can turn off notifications or you can turn them on for certain times. Um, I think. We're working to build a feature in Gated that would be able to do exactly what you just described, Andy. So it would literally only deliver your emails three times a day. Because even though you try to do what Juliet says, it's always easy to go in there when the thing's open oh. and click and to do it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, only eating one potato chip. Um, yes. Yeah. Once you open the first one, if it's sitting there, you're going to open it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I need that. I need that type of thing for me. Is is yeah, just deliver my email three times a day. I'd be much better off with it. Um, so to your point earlier, um, do we need to help to save ourselves from ourselves? Yes, we do. Um, there are you know yeah. like human motivations, how we tick. There are there are failings in our own logic processes <laughs> that force us to sometimes help ourselves. Right? You've seen the sixty minutes where they talk about how addictive they made Facebook. Uh, and and so I think technology is sometimes winning the war. And part of our vision with Gated is we can help our users with to have technology that helps them. Well, and this I think this is one of the issues that that doesn't get talked enough about is that even though the data I think sort of shows this is is that yeah, I think in general my belief is in B two B sales that I have this unit of productivity that I talk about, which is. You know, dollars of revenue generated per hour of selling time. And to me, that's the basic unit of productivity in sales. And I don't think that number has improved over the last 20, 30 years. I've actually talked to a couple of academics who think it's probably even dropped, in part because 
yeah, we are so distracted. And when sellers are have more you know, sources of, of information contending for a slice of their attention, it's harder to be productive. I think that makes sense. And you know, maybe we can do a little bit to help um, on the flip side, which is right now sellers spend a lot, at least SDRs um, and NAEs to a lesser degree, spend a ton of time sending messages into the void and never hearing back. I mean, it must be one of the, it is, and I've, I've done it early in my career, like one of the hardest <clears throat> roles, right? You, I mean, it's okay to hear no, it's really hard to hear nothing. Uh, and I think what Gated can do is solve that. So instead of spending your time sending out things into the void and not hearing back, you're getting replies, getting responses, and the role changes from send a lot of stuff into the into the ether to have more dialogues. And so I think that could potentially increase the impact of selling time. Yeah. What <laughs> this thought just got triggered. It's like, yeah, is it possible we get to a point where you know buyers are so overwhelmed by? Which they're perhaps reaching. They are noise. Yeah. Noise coming in. That the best way to get through is to go knock on their door. <laughs> go back to the oldest school means possible, huh? Um, it's. I mean, it's in essence, when you think about swag and, and the Sendosos of the world, that's kind of like step one, right? Like right. we 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 used to be all digital. We'd acquire people all that way, and then people like uh, Chris at Sendoso and a bunch of the other companies out there figured out that, hey, you know, you can you can go back to physical goods and you can interrupt people's thought processes and mm-hmm. kind of shake them up and, and do something unique. So, yeah, I, I think um, I think there is we think a lot about like if Gated succeeds in our mission, how let's, does the world, let's say how does the world we'll change? Be, we'll be positive. We'll say when Gated succeeds. But go ahead. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, I think that I do believe it's an inevitability, um, whether it, there's so much we have to do to be able to do that. But um, why would you not, if somebody's offering you a free tool and gated is free to users, a free tool to protect your email, reduce the amount of noise and to give you back control in that process? Like, why would you not sign up? Um, we do think that there is a little bit of you have to associate your brand with gated. Um, mm-hmm. But as we start to become more normal, right, like getting in a car with a stranger, um, staying on someone's couch, all of those things used to be abnormal until Uber came or Airbnb came. And so we know we're changing social norms by doing what we're doing as well. Yeah, no, I just, I, I, when we're done, I'm going to have to think more about this idea that, <laughs> that the end product of the information deluge is we go back to knocking on doors. Yeah, I, I for certain products, I think it makes sense. I mean, people yeah. sort of rethink, rethink because it's like, yeah, the economics of SaaS are different than selling a you know, an on-prem system. But if you can't get hold of anybody, well, you think here's at some point, one, at some point, you got to make a change. Here's one example: it's like all these drug reps that go to doctors' offices, right? Yeah. So doctors were probably getting so overloaded with phone calls to their to their assistants and and doctors probably didn't read their emails as much so some drug rep somewhere figured out that if i send people out to the doctors and have them just sit in the waiting room and get and bring a free lunch to a doctor like the doctor will pay attention so like people have figured out how to hack that and i think that's what sales and marketing is 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 as soon as every channel gets overloaded you go figure out the next channel yeah no I, i agree very interesting uh, and so the the third point on on the yes. manifesto was 
charging senders a small cost leads to better connections. Um, so tell us what you meant by that. Yes. So we are not in the business of stopping unknown people from reaching our users. We're in the business of forcing people to say, hey, am I, is my ask really worth their time? And if it is, we put them right in there in a, in a less noisy inbox. And so we've seen so many stories and so many examples of SDRs that have been like, this is amazing. Like, I love gated. Like, I, instead of sending out 100 emails and getting no replies, like, I sent, I paid for gated two or three times. And like, I had these really interesting conversations, right? And on the flip side, the users are less overwhelmed, more able to take time, um, more able to be thoughtful on those things. So one of the metrics that we measure behind the scenes is reply rate. Mm-hmm. And then what we call connections, right? So like how many times are we actually making a connection rather than stopping a connection? So I think what we want people to realize is our vision for the world. So some people have tried this, this theory of marginal cost for something has been right. out since Bill Gates sure. in 2004 and maybe probably before then. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people have tried it. Most times it's involved just shutting down the inbox and that's not what we're doing. We're trying to reduce the noise to allow the right connections to happen. So that's what we believe. Well, and to a point that that you make in the manifesto, but just sort of expanding on it, it's if you're a sender, is you say, look, I'm going to spend two dollars or whatever yes. to reach this person. Am I going to send the typical piece of shit email that I normally send, or am I going to put some time and effort into it? And truly personalize it and humanize it so that when somebody does open it, I have the opportunity to make an impact. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's the, oops, you sent it. It got challenged. Maybe you'll resend it before you pay. Um, I think there's some interesting technologies out there, too, that are complementary to what we do. So video is a great example. Right? Sure. You're starting to see more sellers on video. Yep using videos. And so if somebody sends me, say you send an email and it gets gated, maybe you do like, wow, I now know my odds of in connecting, getting a reply and having this person look at it went dramatically up. Maybe I'll invest more time in that. Maybe I'll record a quick video saying, Andy, this is why I think you should put me on your podcast or whatever it is. Right. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, I think, I think it, um, it truly can force um, better connections if we do it right and like higher quality of content that users receive too, right? So maybe not just paying to send the last email, but sending a better email. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to reward better sales behavior. It, it will. That's the and ultimate thing is like we, we want to take the people that are not playing by the right. The, there are lots of salespeople, lots of marketers that play generally like legit companies play by the rules. <laughs> they opt people out. They... They send good emails, they look at reply rates, and then there's other people that just move from IP to IP and send really bad stuff, but they know that if they get 0.001%, they get a reply. So our job is take those people out and reward the people that write good content. But I was taking even a step further, because I agree with everything you just said there, but is that if you're going to increase the odds of actually connecting with a human, yes, you'll hopefully, <laughs> hopefully do a better job of being prepared to have that conversation that needs to happen. I, so, I so you're not, not agree. I mean, if you yeah. pay, if you pay money to get the email through and you, you know, set up a call and then you just sort of show up and throw up, uh, yeah, right. That's, that's horrible. 
right? If, but if you're a thinking salesperson, you're going to say, look, yeah, I'm going to invest this two bucks or five bucks. Or could be, I don't know, whatever. What's your top rate? 20, you said? Uh, yeah, I'm happy to give some of those stats. Um, people can charge the minimum donations are anywhere from two to 750. But here's the kicker. 40% of people donate more than our users ask for. So we'll get like a $50 donation, a $20 donation every couple days. Um, so because the nonprofits resonate or the mission or gated resonates so deeply with somebody. Yeah. So if, you, if you're going to make that expense, just shame on you if you don't say, look, wow, this is, this is an opening that I don't get every day. How am I going to make sure I'm bringing my A game? Yeah, and that's a tech, that's a piece of the, the tool we do need to do because the tool is smart enough to um, not send a second challenge email to the same person within 24 hours, but that actually eliminates the ability for somebody to like redo the email. So that's something that's actually on our product roadmap to allow people to say, oops, <laughs> the email I just sent is not the one I want to pay for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think that'd be a great feature, right? Yeah, no, that feature's coming for sure. Yeah. Because it's again, it's it's there's one thing about making it personal, and yeah, you're going to be rewarded by being a human sending an email as opposed to a machine sending an email. But then you got to make sure it's a human email when you send it, and then people open it and read it. So, yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, this is so. I don't know if you can share with us like how much money has been donated to charity so far. Ah, um, we are over. 2,000 total donations. Um, we are still early in the process. Yeah, we you're have just months into it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're just months into it. Um, we have not really talked publicly about it. You're kind of one of the first folks that we're, we're sharing it with, um, and we're starting to talk a lot more publicly about it. Um, we still are very much on a wait list, um, focusing in on a couple key personas, but um, our vision is big. Yeah, that's very cool. Very, very cool. Well, Andy, well, thank you so much for joining me today. I had an amazing time. Thanks. It's it's fun to reconnect again. I yeah. think uh, you, you you get what we're trying to do, and uh, hopefully, uh, we're excited to hear um, from your audience. And, yeah, uh, likewise. So, if, if anyone want- wants, if anyone wants to reach me, Andy at Gated dot com. Um, I am fully comfortable putting my email on the internet be- because, <laughs> because I know that I am gated. Um, That's right. So, yeah, uh, it's on my LinkedIn. It's it's on our website, and uh, not many people are bold enough to do that in today's age. Yeah. Right. I paid to get through to Andy. I think sending you an email on something. I forget what, what the context was, but um, yeah, I'm in your in your list. So good, Andy. Thank you very much. Terrific chat today, Andy. Have a great day. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. I am so grateful for your support of the show, and I want to thank my guest Andy Mowat for sharing his insights with us today. If you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for that. And thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.
Hey, sales strategists! At Revenue.io, we're not just imagining the future of sales, we're building it. We offer the world's most complete platform for revenue teams, and we're featured in the most recent Forrester Waves for both sales engagement and conversation intelligence. With Revenue.io, you can slash call prep time to seconds, guide your reps in real time to have more successful conversations, and after calls, we generate ready-to-send recap emails so sellers can keep deals soaring toward the finish line at light speed. See the future of sales now at Revenue.io.